0: Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats, sports talk radio that won't make your ears bleed. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats, Kristen Lambert, Brandon Atkins. Brandon, I feel like we should be on vacation. is that? I mean, it's like spring break for sports. We do this every year. Yeah. And we get to sort of the, the end of July, and we just look around and there's nothing going on. Right. And and I'm I'm all over the internet, I'm I'm on the radio, whatever, trying to figure out what's going on and and sports media in general is just really trying to prop sports up right now. Right. They're trying to make me care about the British Open or as the British folks call it, the The Open.
1: Open. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody that had any kind of name recognition missed the cut, seemed like. <laughs> right. And Brooks Kepka, you know, mad about pace of
0: play, which I can relate to. I can't stand slow golf players. But, uh, yeah, Shane Lowry, who missed the cut each of the last four years at the Open, mm-hmm. is a Cinderella story. When's this thing going away? But kind of ruined it for television. You know, wins the thing by six, shoots a 72 on Sunday to hold on.
1: Man, I just can't get excited about it. Does no. that make me a bad human being? No, I, just make, I think it makes you a normal human being. Ugh. I, yeah, it's just it's kind of sport, you know, slow in the sports realm. I will tell you this. I had a little um, sp- kind of sport-related activity incident happen. I'm playing with my 12-year-old boxer out in my backyard and completely tore up my knee. So I'm officially old. Yeah. <laughs> you can, If you can't go in your backyard you, well, and play around with the dog and not get hurt, th- then you're officially over the, so, over the hill. It,
0: look. You hurt your knee playing with your dog. I told my wife the other day, those of you that follow us on Facebook would have seen a picture, and the two of us both on the same day with a heat index of about, I don't know, 1,000 degrees, Mm -hmm. decided to go cut our grass. Within like five minutes of one another, I was talking to you, and you're like, I'm about to cut my grass. Oh, I'm about to cut my grass too. I went in when I took my first little break to empty the bag, I walked into the house and I looked at my wife and I was soaked from head to toe. It was hot. And she asked me, is, is it hot? And I said to her, and I meant this, I, you know, in the moment, I was trying to be funny, but I recognized, I really mean this. I said to her, if I die today, make up a good story for me. Mm. Because I couldn't bear for people to know that I died of heat exhaustion cutting my grass. Right. But you have managed to hobble yourself playing with the dog. Yeah, man. I'm not... I appreciate old,
1: you doing that because I feel good about myself now. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm here for, man, to make you feel better about yourself. i uh, He's a 12-year-old dog, so what's that, times seven, blah, blah, blah. 84. It's way up there. And he's prancing around like a little, you know, brand-new deer baby. What do they call those? Your, your,
0: your dog reminds me of the donkey from Shrek. <laughs> if, okay. if if he was going to be a cartoon character, Eddie Murphy would play him and do the voiceover, but the animation would be similar to Donkey, where he just sort of bounces around.
1: Yeah, he does wiggle, does full sprints, tears people's knees up, and you know, you've been over there, that dog sheds like nobody's business. I don't know how that dog has any hair left. I mean, you could... It's like that car, the Bugs Bunny alien with the, the hair, and you... Shaving, you you, you take all his hair off, and it's like there's nothing left. There's like nothing except a set of eyeballs or something. Well, I hate that you hurt your knee. I feel bad for you. It took about five minutes to walk from my truck over here to the studio from the parking lot. Man, Tiger, he's got me scratching my head. I mean, he essentially looked like a beaten down man. I mean, when you just look into the camera and say, I just want to go home, which is what he said. And, you know, he, he didn't play really well. You know, he didn't play golf really well. And, uh, you know, when you don't have Tiger, I mean, really I felt like Kepka was kind of forced down our throats because he never really did come close, right? No. But, you no. know, it looks like Rory and um, Tiger are going to play a skins game in Japan. Yeah, that that tells you all you need to know about how little people cared
0: about the Open is that the story this morning is Rory and Tiger are going to be in a skins game here in the next year, Rory McIlroy, who hadn't won anything in forever, and Tiger Woods are the headline. I just I can't understand what it was about this tournament because ordinarily I love seeing great golfers play bad golf. And J.B. Holmes, who's in the second to last group, this cat shoots eighty-seven on Sunday. 87 on Sunday? Yeah. And, you know, Kepka, the, the body language from Kepka was the best part of this whole thing. Where he's like, dude, you can't be for real. You know, Kepka's ready to shoot. This dude doesn't even have his glove on. <laughs> um, Kepka, of all the people on tour, is probably the one guy I wouldn't want to make mad. Right. Um, Kind of a tough guy. I wonder if they saw each other in the bar, or if they will down the road. And if Kepco will have some words for him, but um, yeah, that's it. The opens over. Shane Lowry, great story, but it's amazing a guy. They, I mean, think about the 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 mental toughness of a guy like that. Missed the open cut four years in a row, then come back and just
1: win the thing by six strokes. That's impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive. Are we just being mean, ugly Americans right now? Because nobody of you know of note was in contention. Yes. Is that what's going on? Yeah, but that's okay. And, and I listened to
0: the interviews of Lowry in the aftermath of the Open, and my thought was, I know that in Ireland they speak English, mm-hmm. but it was hard for me to even recognize what he was doing. He reminded me of a guy who spoke English as a second language in his cadence and his delivery, because he's, and I think it was all a matter of him being as surprised as anybody that he won the Open. So good for him. That's great. It's over. Now we're going to play skins.
1: Whatever. Yeah, golf. Golf's essentially open. I mean, over. Yes. Right? They have what? Do they have the players, or have they already played the players? Yeah, you don't know your na- your name's not David Kaplan.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to I get think, Kaplan to come over here this morning and and give us some
1: uh, some good analysis. But I think I I'm almost certain that the players are still left, and but you know golf is for the rest of the year, which is what I brought up a couple of shows ago. When they moved, you know, the PGA event last year, now golf is officially, you know, not in the news from here on out outside of, like, a little report that Tiger's going to be in a Skins game. <laughs> you know? Oh, my
0: God. I'm skins. Be- look, the only, the only way that Skins in golf is going to be of interest to me is if I'm playing in a Skins game. And for those of you who are not golf fans, let me explain what Skins are. Skins, you go in, and each hole is worth... An amount of money. Sometimes it's the same. Sometimes it's graduated and, and the, the money is different on different holes. But basically it's a cash game. It's gambling. It's the way golfers gamble. And as you go through the round, you either win the hole or the hole pushes forward and then you settle up at the end based on how much everybody picked up. It's the I, I, They've probably been playing skins since the inception of golf. Yeah, I and, mean all uh, these
1: this is exactly what all these rich golfers need is another way to make money. Yeah. I think it does make it a little more interesting because there's a little it's a little more playful. I'd rather punch
0: myself in the face than watch somebody watch somebody else play skins. That's just me.
1: <laughs> so, and I mean, and, and we're if you, going if we're going down even a, in the money, We're, we're going care. down
0: an interesting hole because you know, we fuss about baseball. We fuss about golf. And on the other side of the break, I'm going to fuss about boxing. So this might, by the end of this show, this might be the anti-sports talk radio show. We,
1: we need football in our lives, Brandon. Well, it's starting to trickle in. I'm listening to ESPN. They're trying to find ways to talk about it. They're trying to find ways to talk about Baker Mayfield,
0: and I'm tired of this dude already. They have anointed this guy. They want him so badly to be the face of the, of the league. Well, the league wants Cleveland to be good, too. God, you know? I'm so sick of that. And and I'm they just, don't care about your Bengals, bro. They don't they don't care about your Panthers. No all, all they care about right now is Cleveland. And I don't know why, bro. you know Cleveland's a relatively small market. I don't understand why there's this burning desire for Cleveland to be something great this year. But can they at least finish above 500 before we anoint these guys Super Bowl champions? I would like
1: to see them do really well, though. I, I have I, to admit,
0: I can't I can't get down with that. I want this thing to be a dumpster fire. We'll talk about it some more. We got a couple of call-ins coming down the road. Um, We'll see where this thing takes us, man. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio.
2: Stay tuned to From the Cheap Seats. We'll be right back. I don't know what we'll talk about, but it'll be cool. Debt. If you get in too deep, members of the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, can help you put debt in its place.
3: Credit cards took charge of my financial life. A certified credit counselor helped me get back in control.
2: Student loan debt followed me wherever I went. NFCC taught me all I needed to know. Connect with an NFCC certified credit counselor at your local member agency today. We'll help you put debt in its place. Go to slash stop debt or call 877 410 6322.
3: We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. <laughs> Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
4: My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch.
5: One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in
3: isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Hello, it's me, the designer jeans in the back of your closet. What happened to us? I used to summer in the Hamptons, and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats. Okay, maybe I never really fit you right, but I got a lot more Sunday fun days left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council.
0: From the cheap seats, national sports with a Carolina twist. All right, welcome back from the cheap seats. Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Robert Bricky is on the way. I think um, we are talking about how slow the sports world is right now, and you know this—this this really, truly, honestly may be the latest. I've ever in my adult life gone into the summer without getting really excited about the NFL. And and we've talked about it over the, the last couple of years that the NBA seems to just be stretching farther and farther beyond its postseason with, you know, all of the offseason moves and the, and the spectacle that that's become. Um, I think the NFL has got a personality deficit amongst its stars. Right. And uh, I think they're trying very hard to create interest in some guys. And I think first and foremost, that's Baker Mayfield and Pat Mahomes. But I think the, the bigger issue is that the biggest stars in the NFL, the guys that keep getting this thing done, are these old quarterbacks. And they don't have a whole lot of interest in being out there front and center and promoting the shield. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, I, I just think that maybe outside of the quarterback and maybe outside of wide receivers, you're exciting players like running backs. Remember back in the day when it you used to have the Barry Sanders and the Emmitt Smiths and yeah. they were the, the face of the league? Now they're so expendable. Like, I mean, you can have the best running – like Todd Gurley, you know, if he is actually injured, I mean, or it's not himself – Todd, Todd Gurley went from being on the cover of Madden to maybe potentially just being out of view. You know, I mean, and I think that's a problem for the league because you're right, I get a little tired of, oh, Tom Brady, oh, here we go with Tom Brady again. Like, you know, and I also feel like it was bad for the league that, you know, New England wins that much. And it's almost, you can't almost explain why. I mean, is Belichick that better of a coach than all the rest of them? I guess the answer is yes. But to to be able to just as one team pound the league, we've never seen that before. And I just feel like you're like, Oh, you know, you're trying to get excited and you're like, well, going from, you know, AFC South and NFC North and then you finally get to, you know, the Patriots conference and you're like, Oh yeah, they're probably gonna win it all again. And so it just kinda takes a lot of the fun and the parody out out of who's gonna win this year. That's why the NBA this offseason, free agency, and going into the next season, nobody can tell you who's going to win. Nobody. And it's now more – usually you're talking about maybe five teams. Now you're talking about maybe seven or eight teams that have the potential to win the NBA title. And outside of the Patriots, you just don't know what's going to go on in the NFL.
0: Well, I think there's going to be a vacuum left when Brady finally decides to hang it up. But I think you're right. Is is For years now, it's been a matter of why don't we, we can just fast forward through – and figure out who's going to play the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And, you know, somebody's got a puncher's chance against them. But it's interesting that when you look at the dominance of the Patriots, when you look at this career that Tom Brady has cobbled together, relative to people that have come before him, I think you're right. Tom Brady has not – I don't think there's ever been a moment in time where Tom Brady was the face of the league. Right. And I don't know if it's a resistance. You know, he's like, I, I, I don't want to do this. Um, I don't think he's a guy that shies away from the media necessarily. But he's not allowed himself to be pimped out and be that guy and be all over the media. I mean, he's been on a couple of talk shows over the years. Though, you know, whatever. He's not a particularly riveting interview. Hmm. Um, maybe they need somebody to stir the pot. You're I, I right really... about running backs. Well, who's... You're a Bengals fan. Who's your favorite all-time running back for the Bengals? My favorite all-time running back is I'm, probably James Brooks. Ah, okay. But you were, you were thinking Icky Woods. Yeah,
1: Icky Woods. Yes. Remember how it's fun and exciting Icky Woods? Absolutely. The Icky Woods the shuffle and all that. And you don't have any of that in the league. You know, if somebody spikes the ball wrong now, like the NFL is throwing a flag. And I just think it's, you know, let's take Saquon Bar- Barkley. I'm glad you beat me to it. He is like, watching him play is like watching you know, someone next level, like almost Thanos-type character. He's just blowing by people. How long do you think that's going to last? Well, I know I mean, that it's
0: only going to last a couple of years because that is the shelf life on a running back. But this guy is the best player on one of two teams in the biggest market in the world. And as bad as the Giants are, they haven't been as bad as the Jets have for the last God knows how many it years. Has. But Saquon Barkley, you would think think about that, think about this with the NBA. All of the speculation this offseason was we're gonna get, you know, Kevin Durant or Anthony Davis is coming to New York so they can advance their brand. They can be the best player on the on the team in the best city in the world. You know, think of the marketing opportunities. Think all of this. Saquon Barkley is the best player, the most exciting player, the most dynamic player on that team with all of that rich history in New York City, and if Saquon Barkley walked through the door of your house right now, you wouldn't recognize the dude. No, you wouldn't. They haven't done anything with this guy. And and I'm not real willing to anoint him, you know, the next Barry Sanders on the field, but you're right, the running backs have become uh, they've become a, a non-factor as it applies to marketing. We watch these guys and we see them and we know, ah, eh, three or four years, you know, you'll have your moment in the sun. And now, the running backs are starting to push back. We saw the whole saga with Le'Veon Bell stretch over two years. He finally lands in the w- with the Jets, you know, calls it a success, the holdout and all the rest of that because he skipped a year of football. Ended up leaving money on the table. And now, Melvin Gordon... In San Diego, or Los Angeles, as it were, right. it's doing the same thing. And these running backs, more so than any other position group in the NBA, have gotten the shaft with the CBA. These guys sign four-year deals. The team has an option for the fifth year, which are relatively cheap if you're taken in the first round. Five years for a running back, dude. The vast majority of these guys are done. Right, well, that puts you at twenty six, twenty seven years old as a running back, and these guys are out of the prime of their career by that point. So,
1: yeah, I mean, now you add run, running back by committee. Some of these guys come off the bench and run on third downs, and you don't even know who they are. Like, I mean, the the days of sweetness: Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, Eric Dickerson. You know, I, my logic would tell you that if you are handling the ball about fifty percent of the time. are responsible for at least 40 to 50 percent of the scoring that you would have a little more recognition and face recognition like you're talking about with Saquon uh, Barkley. But it's just gone now. And it feels like it's a big piece of the game that's gone for me. people like you and I that grew up with the game with a lot of these star running backs. Well,
0: it's almost impossible to be a star as a defensive player in the NFL. You know, Khalil Mack is another guy. If, If Khalil Mack showed up at your door, knocked on your door right now, you would have no idea who the guy is. We've talked about it before. With you know, this is the one game where these guys wear helmets. Their faces, you know, we don't see these guys. Oh, the deepest fans can can you know recognize these guys, but apart from that, there's just not the consciousness. And perhaps it's because the way the game has gone, where it's become less about being a team sport and more about being a system slash quarterback sport, where you're just going to throw the ball around around the pitch all day. Um. And the quarterbacks have to be the drivers of this brand. They are going to be the faces at this point. And what do we have across the board? You know, Aaron Rodgers, who everybody sort of had enough of at this point. Tom <laughs> Brady, who, is, who seems to be unwilling to be out there front and center. Pat Mahomes, I am shocked that as we lead up into the season, Pat Mahomes hasn't gotten more run. Because it seemed during the offseason, every time I turned on an event... Pat Mahomes was there, right? Pat Mahomes seems like a likable enough kid. He's, you know, what he's done, what he did in year two, his first year as a starter, was nothing short of
1: amazing. Um, but well, I thought that was what was interesting is last year you and Trent Nichols, y'all got some fatigue from Mahomes. I was like enjoying the ride. I mean, like if you're already fatigued with him, and let's we'll call it year two, but it's really year one. If you're already fatigued, because st- I guess he started a few games towards the end of his rookie season. But after year one, if you're already fatigued, imagine what you're going to be like five years from now. I, it'll
0: be different five years from now, because if he has continued to put that up, I'll accept the superlatives that have been, that have been you know, heaped upon him. That's a different animal. Last year with Pat Mahomes, you know, every week... It was like, this is the greatest of all time. You know, The only, this kid is in uncharted territory. This is the best offense. We can go ahead and crown them world champs was the vibe that we got. And in the end, that old dude up there in New England went into Kansas City and dealt with him.
1: And, it, you know... And McVay lost his mind and stopped running his star quarterback, but that's another... This too. The, the, that's absolutely true. But the thing with...
0: Mahomes is especially in an era where Tom Brady still exists as the rock, the foundation for what greatness is, while that dude is still lacing him up, probably win yourself a Super Bowl before people tell you, tell you you're the best quarterback in the league. That's all I'm saying. So fatigue, it's funny that you characterize it that that way with Pat Mahomes because up until we, – we've had this conversation. Up until four or five years ago, I was, like, over Tom Brady. Hmm. Over it. I don't even want to hear about this dude. I'm sick of it. Now, at this point in his career, I'm like, I really want to see how far this guy can can go. Or at least
1: respect it. Yeah. Oh, I I definitely respect for it. Absolutely. I'm convinced that – I was listening to ESPN over the weekend. They did a, an entire segment on – players that are so good that you hated but now you respect them that's the no they did the not. exact same thing we did last week awesome and so i'm i'm convinced they're listening to us um and one other thing we did a show of the worst sports names i'll throw this in here Not. i'll keep bringing it up if I, I remember another one worst sports names is this kicker named chris Blewett. have you heard about this yes. guy yes I think he got cut by the Chicago Bears, but if your last name's blew it, do you really want a career in field goal kicking? No, I'm good. You're just going to be the punchline at every party. Absolutely. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats
0: in Central North Carolina on WFJ 105.5 FM and around the world as a stream and a podcast on any number of outlets. Tune from the cheap seats. We'll be right back.
3: 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk.
1: 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to LowerYourHBP.org. I had to toe, everything's changed. Brought to you by the American
3: Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. So why do teenagers play high school sports? My reason why is a sense of purpose. My
5: reason why is to inspire
3: others. One reason student-athletes seldom mention is to get an athletic scholarship. They know that only 2% of all high school athletes are awarded a sports scholarship. So why do they play? My reason why is friendship. Tell us your reason using the hashtag MyReasonWhy.
5: This message presented by the NFHS
2: and the North Carolina High School Athletic Association.
3: Joel Klein catches a 7 o'clock train after his evening CPR class at the American Red Cross.
0: Ron Garrett is on the same train. He's had a rough day and doesn't feel like himself. Until he feels the sudden tightness in his chest, Ron never thought he'd actually
5: have a heart attack.
3: Until Joel is administering CPR, he never thought he'd actually save a life.
5: When you train with the Red Cross, you change a life.
3: Starting with your own.
5: Call
0: 1-800-RED-CROSS or visit redcross.org to learn about life-changing opportunities
2: in your area. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up the whole ride every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie.
0: Never give up until they buckle up. Learn
1: more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
0: You're listening to From the Cheap Seats, a bunch of guys who have never been fired from ESPN. All right, welcome back to the show. Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins flying old school today it yeah, seems we like we're doing more and more of this man i think uh trent and robert might be falling out of love with us what do you think i, r- I
1: really hope not at least robert maybe i don't know <laughs> I, can't as much about trent. <laughs> I will say we're at we do we do this show in the studio and there's a really popular golf show that's in here and the professionalism of the notes that they make for their show makes me feel even worse about the prep we do for our show yeah i can't lie
0: i, I kind of uh we walk, in, with
1: you. we walk in, high-five cool. each other, and yeah, let her rip.
0: Yeah, sometimes to our own detriment. I feel like today is one of those days. Um, eventually this morning, friend of the show and head coach at Lee County High School for you local folks, uh, Steve Berduo will be with us, one of my favorite people. Steve's a good guy. Um, so stay tuned for that. Well, I really want to probe and figure out what uh, what's going on with Desmond Evans, the um, – Young defensive end over there at Lee County, who is the number one college prospect in the state of North Carolina. Come in. Go to the Tar Heels, man. Go to the Tar Heels, bro. Speaking of which, Mac Brown. I told you guys when Mac Brown took the job at UNC as the Tar Heels football coach that it was possible to go home again. You could go back to the future. And you thought that was a little crazy at the time. Are you on board this Mac Brown train yet? Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Just the way he's done it has been kind of Roy William Roy Williams esque, if you will, because the way he's brought players from different methods in terms of recruiting them and bringing them from other schools, he just he just nailed a uh, what a four star defensive player from Clemson transfer. So he's getting these players in all these different ways, and he's you know he's putting together a team. It'll be fascinating to see where they actually place, because uh, it seems like right now Clemson and Syracuse are the headliners of the ACC, which is kind of sad to, uh, to hear out loud. But uh, you know, I think he's putting together a pretty good squad. Now he did he did lose that one quarterback from Texas that tra- was doing the transfer, but hey, man, you can't you can't win them all. Well,
0: the, yeah, but the thing with that was I, I think that. You know he looked across the depth chart and said, "Oh, maybe a little bit more comp- uh competition than I want to deal with right so for you as a tar heel faithful follower, what is success this year in year one on the field for the tar heels
1: how many how many ball games do they have to win? I think if they win a success, God man." This is his first year back. We all know what he's capable of. He hasn't gotten his own recruits. So a success would be, I'd say, for B, eight games maybe. Eight wins? I think every anything after that would be gravy.
0: Oof. I think maybe we're ignoring just how bad that Tar Heel team was last year. Eight wins. <laughs> Dude, they they go ahead and
1: he should run for governor. If he wins eight games this year. Yeah, but I get this Tar Heel feed on my Facebook page, and it seems like every other day he's gotten some new player or some new transfer that's a major coup that, you know, was, you know, Florida and Texas, we're looking at him, and we get him. So, I mean, I think that – and he, he it really depends. I mean, this is, like, so cliche. It depends on the quarterback play, you know. I hate to say that, but, yeah, I mean, our success would be, like, eight games, I would say. Wow.
0: I think you might be a little disappointed. Did I bump by my the time it's all, by the time it's all said and done, we we, we shall we shall see. Uh, Lee County, on the other hand, and like I said, Steve Berdu is round the corner. Um, they should be playing for a state championship this year. I'm just gonna go ahead and put it out there. I don't know if I'm gonna say those words to Steve. He it might upset him because that's setting the bar kind of high. But I know how his mind works, so we'll see how that all shakes out. So you think Talk- they got even? Be- they're
1: even better than they were last year.
0: Oh yeah you want to expand on that? They are loaded. Um, We'll we'll save that for Steve. But, uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely get into that. But that is a team that is loaded. Didn't lose a whole lot at the skill positions. And I think they've got enough kids in the pipeline that their line play will not suffer this year. So, yeah, I think they're in good shape. Also, at some point in the next couple of weeks, um, Lonnie Cox, who was the offensive coordinator at Southern Lee – I think it crept under a lot of people's radar here locally because it was a late hire. But Lonnie left the Cavaliers and rolled down the street and is now the head coach at Union Pines. Mm. Um, Lonnie's going to be on the show with us coming up in the next couple of weeks, and we'll also get Ken Neal from uh, Southern Lee, the head coach there, who's uh, in his third year, I think. Um, so yeah, we'll be we'll be doing some local coverage too. Some of our folks in. You know, Tennessee, Alabama, Texas, and the rest of the world would be like, Why are you? can fast forward through the podcast. You'll be all right. <laughs> You'll be all right. Shake it off. Um, so, we were talking about guys like Tom Brady who have just sort of sucked the oxygen out of the room. Um, I'm trying, I really can't put my finger on it. Usually, I have a strong opinion as to why something is happening or not happening. I don't get why there are not people that are more magnetic in the NFL that I want to be interested in or that that sort of draw me in. But right now, dude, everything I turn on has Baker Mayfield's face on it. And, you know, we're talking about a guy who had a nice second half. Okay, it was a cool little run. You know, Cleveland had an outside shot to get in the playoffs. They got back to five hundred. Blah, 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 blah. When you look at his performance against good ball clubs last year it's pretty pedestrian and now you insert odell beckham into the mix i get why the national media is like on paper you know this team should be something else there's a lot of hoopla right now about the madden ratings madden's coming out here in, in, in the
1: next few weeks and <laughs> that funny how the players get oh so my god out of shape?
0: Dude, wow yeah there are players calling for boycotts on madden because they're so unhappy with the ratings um the Browns, I'm sure, will be one of the better teams to play with, at least at the beginning of the season. Because, I don't know, you're, you're an old hat. I don't know if you realize, but as you go, if you sink your game, those ratings are going to change throughout the year. And I have a feeling that'll be a team, if you played online, that you would face a lot. But I just get this feeling that there's too many people that think they're
1: the center of gravity in that organization. And I think it could go sideways. You know the player way. who I'm tired of having the league trying to shove down my throat? Odell Beckham? Dak Prescott. Wow. I mean, this dude, dude, he's in commercials. What's the kid coming out of Oklahoma, the number one pick? What's his name? Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. They have this commercial where Dak's speaking to Kyler Murray and goes, you know, I was. Oh, my They God. disrespected me, too. I'm like, Dak, Ugh. Kyler coming out of the gate, he's probably already better than you. Like, what kind of wisdom are you trying to speak To this guy. And he's just the, he's the benefactor of just, I think, below par quarterback play in the league. Some people would disagree with that. But if Dak Prescott is getting paid big big dollars, and some might blame it on Jerry Jones, but he, what has this guy done? He put the Cowboys back
0: onto the map, sort of. Because first of all, the Cowboy fan, it's funny how things have changed for years and years and years through the 70s, the Cowboys became America's team and the the measure of excellence for the Dallas Cowboys was championships. And then the Cowboys were bad for quite a while and they went through and the franchise was was ultimately sold to Jimmy John, to uh, Jerry Jones and the Cowboys got back and had one of the great runs we're ever going to see with the triplets. And the measure was excellence. And then for almost 20 years, the Cowboys couldn't get it right. And, you know, I have friends of mine that swear that Tony Romo is the greatest quarterback in Cowboys history. Tony Romo and I have very few things in common. But one thing that we do share is that we both have zero championship rings
1: that's true but you know you're talking about quarterbacks and around the league that's the one thing that he did have is he was a a really good quarterback with some charisma and now you look at the, the the quarterbacks across the league i mean you take aaron Rodgers. people say aaron Rodgers the best that ever did it he's got one super bowl and he seems to like come off like a jerk to his teammates if you go down the list of quarterbacks it seems like they got one character flaw Tony Romo is a little... I mean, what the league needs is another Brett Favre. Brett... Well, and maybe Baker misses, Mayfield... Maybe Mayfield is that guy. Maybe
0: Pat Mahomes is that guy. But even if they are, do they have the same swagger? Do they have the same moxie? And and I really... It's hard to say. Dak Prescott, though, it's it's funny that you ask about him because this guy is in an absolute... Stare down right now with the Cowboys franchise. And the question is, coming into year four, has this guy done enough
1: to be paid like one of the best players in football? Well, I'm just saying Jerry Jones does this to himself because to be a brilliant businessman his negotiation skills with his players you know he's like well we're in talks with Dak and blah blah blah, and he you can hear him whispering with we're gonna sign him for what he wants you know you know he's just the worst well in the he he loves his players you know what i mean like so he he falls in love i think he still has a picture a portrait of um tony romo behind his desk so he falls in love with these players and they're the negotiations are going. Dak knows he's got them right where they want.
0: Them. Well, different than any other sport in the on the American landscape, the NFL salary cap is a hard cap. You cannot exceed that cap. And when you look at the Cowboys a couple years ago, when Zeke broke onto the onto the scene, and Dak Prescott was doing his thing, they had the best offensive line in football. Period. It's not even it's not even debatable. Right. The holes that Zeke Elliott ran through as a rookie, a hole isn't even the, the proper word for it. They were these gashes. And free agency has kind of cost them a little bit of that line depth. And now you look at that squad, and Amari Cooper's got to get paid. Amari Cooper, there can be no dispute about how big of a difference maker he is. Mm-hmm. That pass offense in Dallas was putrid last year until Cooper showed up and resurrected his career. Zeke Elliott, there's no denying how important he is to that ball club. But again, we have the question with Zeke, what's the shelf life? Is he going to be doing this another two years? Is he going to stretch this out and be you know go against the grain and do it for five or six more years? I don't know. But in the end, because of the way the economics work in the NFL, quarterbacks are the highest paid guys in the building, and Dak wants to be paid that way and it it the question is well is dak amongst the best quarterbacks in football no there there's no there is no way you can put him in the top 5 or 6 however the question that's not being asked is how good is dak prescott relative to someone they could replace him with and that's the problem is there are about 20 people in this world who can play quarterback at the very highest level in the NFL and challenge for a world championship. Dak Prescott is probably in the bottom third of that list of 20 people and nowhere near the guys that are in the top third. But the question that Dallas has to address is, if they don't give this guy the $36 million or whatever he's ransoming them for, what is the alternative? Because the shelf life on his running mate, Zeke Elliott, is very, very short. So, in the end, Jerry's going to buckle and he's going to pay this guy, and then he's got to figure out a way to pay everybody else without gutting the rest of the team. And that's what makes capology in the NFL such a tough trick to turn. I don't know what you do with this guy. You know, in a vacuum, I say, now let somebody else go overpay him, but for the next year or two, what does that mean? for the Cowboys because it's not as if there are you know, top-tier NFL quarterbacks out there floating around that can just plug in and lead this squad. So it's tough. It's really, really, really tough. I don't know. Um, the Zeke Elliott situation is, is even more interesting to me because just like we talked about with Saquon Barkley, how much can you really pay Zeke Elliott – how much can you commit to in terms of guaranteed money? Because you know the clock is ticking on this guy. And the expectations, you know, in a best-case scenario, probably get another four quality years out of him. But every step that he runs over the course of the next four years, he's one shot away
1: from being done forever. You're right about that. Well, the show just took a step, step up. We got Robert Bricky in studio hey i don't know if it took a step up or not but i don't either i'll I'll take it
0: i don't either we will we'll we'll, uh reserve judgment on that um robert has made it i'm i'm so excited about that i'm so excited about that robert the the theme today has been that we probably ought to be on vacation Uh, okay so we've upgraded from gutter talk gutter replacement talk yeah, last week. I, I I don't know. At some point today, we may be talking about gutters again. I don't know.
5: <laughs> well, let's. I say we go. Where are we going? Vacation wise,
0: uh, Aruba. Okay, that That's, was easy. I, I'm not that hard to please. So you, as a professional sports guy, what do you do in during this these summer weeks where there there just isn't anything compelling going on in the sports world?
5: I think our only saving grace at this point is. On-demand television, you find your good Dude. series, and you binge watch it. What are you looking at right now? You know what? I've started watching. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, so. gosh. <laughs> And I am. I have watched it like six straight days. I, I am. I never knew. So I've been binge, watch, binge watching that, and then I'm watching one called Broad City, which was on uh, Comedy Central, and uh, I'm still trying to get through
0: Breaking Bad. I still haven't finished (laughs) it you haven't finished it oh I think a little bit less of you man. (laughs) sorry man so the youngest (laughs) of my kids has been in town and she I I wouldn't have thought this was possible she told me a while back she was watching a show and she is into I'm not even going to say because that might give it away but she asked me when she showed up you know you want to watch this with me because she's finishing it up and uh, I decided yeah It'll be cool. We, you know, whatever. We'll sit around and, and when we have free time, we'll check this out. I have probably in the last week watched fifty episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Oh God! <laughs> I didn't even. I, I feel like less of a man than when I began this thing, <laughs> but I cannot tell a lie. I'm digging the show, dude. You know, I'm, I'm a little. I'm a little sad because we're about to be caught up to like real life. We're in season fifteen. To give those of you out there, I'm not even
5: laughing at the fact that you're watching that show. I'm laughing at the fact that how do you manage to watch more television? (laughs) I know. I
0: tell you, the TV is on. We do things in the background, and oh, by the way, she keeps me up till three in the morning watching this show after everybody else is long asleep, and I'll be like, I have got to go to bed, and she's like, Come on, Dad, one more. I'm like, All right, one more, right? And and it just we start that conversation at about ten thirty. And then about 2.30 or 3 o'clock, I'm tracking to bed after having watched four or five more episodes of this show. True story. Um, those of you out there that have not watched Grey's Anatomy, um, don't. Because it'll just suck you in. And it's not like these things that run on Netflix that are like eight shows as a season. No, dude. It's like 20. Wow. I'm so a s- I'm a little like bugged out that she's watched all
1: of this Grey's Anatomy. That must be my superpower because I was never interested in watching that show. I, I have never seen episodes. a single
0: episode before she showed up this week. Or, well, she's been there for a while, but we started that this week. And
1: I, I think know. I
5: saw, when it first started, I watched one or two. And I really liked it. Did you? just never watched it.
0: Got it. Maybe I could, now, now I've got something to watch. All this dead non-sports time. Am I, I the only person that didn't know that Shonda Rhimes or Shonda Rhimes wrote Grey's Anatomy. I had no idea. Is she related to Buster Ryan? No, she's the one that wrote <laughs> Scandal. She's like the, she is oh, yeah, running hot, TV yeah. right oh, now. Yeah. Um, what is it? Getting away with murder? How to get away with yeah. murder? How to murder your husband? Whatever that is that right. all the women love because it's women killing folks. Right? Yeah she she wrote that too. But yeah, she is like running television right, right. now. And I had no idea because I never watched Grey's Anatomy. I've rarely
5: seen so, them watch network television. That's who does? Yeah. Why Except network? By the yeah. way. Have you guys cut the cable yet? Yeah. Have you cut the cord? I've cut it about almost two years ago. Wow. How's that working out? I love it. Yeah, I love it.
1: Brand. Use uh, Hulu. Uh, No, I'm still a slave to the system. (laughs) So (laughs) it's just I'm maybe I'm too lazy to do the research to find out how to get around, and I just like you know I pay my my charter bill, and then I get to watch a couple of different types of ESPNs and yeah
0: so the final straw for me was that my cable provider i'm not going to name them they're not worthy of being named i'm over them called me i don't know six months ago eight months ago something and they were like hey your contract's almost up but for being a loyal subscriber we're going to give you cinemax for free and i was like okay cool and then my bill came i don't pay any attention it's a it's a direct deposit, auto right. draft type situation. You know how that goes. But I change cards. You know, right? One card expires. Whatever. You got to go through the process. And that was one of the bills that I didn't change in time. So I get a call, and they're like, "Hey, hey, what's going on? You know, what? Do you, what what's the deal? Why are you late?" And I'm like, "Really? You're looking at the system. What, what are you even talking about?" So we went through that, and I said, no, 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 it's just a new card. I'll give you the new card. No problem. What's the bill? And they told me, and I was like, what What, what, what did you just say to me? That cannot be. That, that can't be. That's like champagne room type prices. <laughs> right? That's what bottle, are we talking about here? That, I service. cannot possibly watch $230 worth of TV each month. That's not possible. And they start cataloging these charges that are on there, and I was like, as I'm having this conversation and I'm yeah, yeah them, I'm, I'm like, these cats just don't know I'm done. And when I'm done, I'm done for real. Right. So the only thing I'm holding out for is what Brandon just said. He had had time to do the research. Next week, I don't have anything going on. And for about a day, I'm going to sit down and make sure that I have absolute coverage over everything I want to see and I'm going to put together, figure out exactly how much it's going to cost, how many subscriptions I have to have. And it's not a matter of whether I'm going to figure out whether or not I'm going to do it. I just need to figure out, these are the things I need to have in place so that it doesn't affect my quality of life. But as for the cord, you're cut, yo. Done.
5: I've I've been, I had uh, Sony uh, PlayStation, View, Sony PlayStation View, which is their (laughs) mobile uh, cable package. Yes. That was good, and I tried Hulu. What I liked about Hulu, it also has original content. Yes. All the Hulu uh, shows, plus some network shows, plus they've got just about every channel I watch. Well, see, we
0: have Hulu. We have Netflix. We have all of this stuff, and we pay all of that money for cable as well cable i'm done with you i'm breaking up and where it's it's irreconcilable yeah so that that was my problem i was like i'm paying i was i didn't even have
5: the, the movie channels i was paying about 160 bucks a month and i'm like and i really watch yeah when you think about it i want you to do this when you get home how many channels do you
1: actually watch yeah i think i watch five or six yeah i like history channel food network espn If there's something major on one of the local, you know, like Channel 2 through 5, that's kind of all I watch.
0: Oh, and by the way, and this will tell you, you'll be able to figure it out now who my provider is. They took CBS off this weekend. They took the HD feed of CBS off of DirecTV, and it only had the non-HD. And on the CBS HD channel, it was like, hey, you know, call to some website Go visit some website and lodge a complaint if you don't like it, whatever.
1: And I'm like, you got, you got to be, gotta be kidding. Me. Well, you know what? All these guys are working on now. Like, you notice after Game of Thrones, HBO Go loses like gazillion subscribers. Right. Um, Netflix just took a hit because of the end of Stranger Things. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's or about to take a hit. Well, but but just w- to- w- they're going to try to figure out how to tie you down to these
0: yeah. shows. Yep. Oh, without a doubt. But the, it's funny because the Netflix thing that you're talking about, Netflix, you know, quarterly, they have expectations. And Netflix was in the, was in the news. Stock price dropped about 10% because they hadn't hit the goals that they, that they had set for themselves. However, you have to take it with a grain of salt because Netflix had still added 100,000 subscribers during the quarter they had just projected to add 300,000. If these guys during a bad quarter are still adding 100,000 subscribers, they're in pretty good shape. Right Now, here is the crazy thing, though. Netflix apparently has offered $70 million for a particular stand-up comic to do a comedy special for them. Have you guys heard about this? I have not. Cool. Who might be worth $70 million? Dave Chappelle. Nope, Kevin Hart. Nope, <clears throat> Jerry Kevin Seinfeld. Hart's got sixty Netflix specials yeah. on there already. They have offered this to Eddie Murphy. Really? Yes. Oh,
5: wow. You know, I was thinking about him. He's kind of disappeared. He you know, has, and he hadn't done anything. In but a while. think,
0: think about. I mean, when you think about this in in the context of you know stand up comedy, it, what's it been? Twenty five years, maybe, since Eddie did stand up when he did Raw. Man, that was no, it was longer than that. It's been forever. That's, that's, not, that's at least 30 years ago. Yeah. It's crazy, but they've apparently offered him 70 million Eddie Murphy to come out. Now, here's what blew my mind is when I when I heard that, I went to the internet because I was like, "How old is Eddie?" Give it a guess. How old's Eddie Murphy? Hmm. 55, 58.
5: Because so, he hit the scene when he was like 19, right? Yeah. yeah. Now,
0: when you think about Eddie Murphy, you think about there was sort of a, a hierarchy and a passing of the torch. The guy that probably picked up the mantle for Eddie Murphy in that genre was Chris Rock, right? Right. How old's Chris Rock? He's about my age 51? 54. Okay. That absolutely blew my mind that Chris Rock was only four years younger than Eddie Murphy. <clears throat> and that's a testament to how young Eddie was when he right. hit the scene. Because it was, I mean, when you look at the heyday for Eddie Murphy with Raw, um, I mean, that was 86, 87?
5: Delirious was 83.
0: 83 for Delirious, and then Delirious. that probably means 85 for Raw. Oh, yeah. Does that sound right?
5: 87. What,
0: 87 for Raw, Costin says? All right, Town says 87. It doesn't
1: seem like Chris Rock was a real thing until the late 90s. I tell you what, I'm a little nervous. So, I'm a little nervous for Eddie Murphy because oh, it you, could go badly now. If you go back and look at and compare it to today's stand up, some of Kevin Hart and Dave Chappelle stuff, I'm wondering how it's going to hold up. Like because you know, I'm just a little nervous for him. You know, I need to check out his material. If you go back and watch Raw, it's probably not going to hold up to today's standards. Well, that's the question. I mean,
0: it's been all these years since he went and did it. I don't know if you guys saw, but Ellen DeGeneres. They got her to do a stand-up yeah. comedy special. My wife wanted very badly to like it. It wasn't good. Okay. I, it, I mean, I it just watch. wasn't. Right. And part of it, you know, we've talked about this with regard to people like Adam Sandler in the past. Once you get to a particular station in life, kind of hard to relate to folks that are working for $35,000 a year. You know what I mean? Eddie Murphy is mega rich. right? And... For him, and and there's one thing to be funny, but to be relevant is a completely different animal. Ellen tried to poke fun at herself and her wealth, and talked about her housekeeper stuff like that, and and the whole stand up that that was her shtick. Um, it was uh, nothing nothing anybody was going to write home about. But right. she got a nice check. I'm just, God knows how much she got. And Chappelle, you know, Chappelle sort of his re, reboot right. did the two part comedy specials. Um, I thought Chappelle was amazing. Yeah. But, you know, but the that's largest. Dave Chappelle. He's a he, different level. So we'll see. And I don't know that Eddie Murphy has accepted the $70 million yet. Right. Um, and it's easy for us to say, well, I'll do anything for $70 million. dude. Dude, $70 million, yeah. Not a big deal for him. Yeah, that. I mean, he's going to be all right. Was it a stand-up or a series they were asking him No, they're do. talking about doing stand-up. Oh, really? And I don't know if it's a one time thing or if they want to do a couple as a package, but that's the thing that's out there. We're going to take a quick break on the other side. uh, We got all kinds of hijinks in store for you. You're listening from Cheap Seats in Central North Carolina on WFJ 105.5 FM and Around the World as a podcast. (laughs)
2: The Cheap Seats is a production of Cheap Seat Media, LLC. Broadcast locally on WFJA 105.5 FM.
4: Check her out. man. I like
3: that. When young men turn
1: 18, they think they know a lot about the facts of life. But there are a few more facts they need to know. Fact, you have to register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. Fact. Registration keeps you eligible for government jobs and student loans. Fact. It's easy to register. Just visit sss.gov or any post office. Register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law, and that's a fact.
2: WFJA 105.5 Sanford, Pinehurst, Southern Pines.
1: We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We invest in the latest technology.
2: We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their
3: minds. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there.
0: We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans.
1: We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there as you grow,
0: protecting you and those you love. And we are there as you start your next chapter. We are with you through life's journey. We are Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov.
2: Produced
3: at U.S. taxpayer expense. Adopt Kids presents multiple choice parenting.
2: You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you A. It's spiritual.
5: Mom, where's the
3: mirror? Beauty is within.
0: You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio or visit us at www.cheapseatradio.com. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Kristen Lambert, Brandon Atkins, and the inimitable Robert Rickey in studio. And on the phone with us, we've got Union Pines football head coach Lonnie Cox. Lonnie, can you hear me?
4: Hey, Chris, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing well, man. I I'm sweating to death. I, I think this has been the hottest practice so far this summer. <laughs>
0: See, it's funny because we've been talking all morning about the fact that there's no sports going on, and I kind of feel bad because one of the reasons we don't we don't have a lot going on in the news is guys like you and at every level are kind of cranking up for the season. You just took the you were a late hire at Union Pines, and I think it kind of snuck under people's radar. But uh, tell us about how that, how that whole thing unfolded, and, and how did you end up in this spot?
4: Well, you know, I, I'd first like to say this. So when I was at Southern Lee last year, um, we played over here at Union Pines, and I can remember just being so very impressed um, looking across the, the stadium and seeing how, how large their band was and, and what kind of student section they had. And just looking at that overall environment, um, and, and I just went over there. I said, "Man, if that job ever comes open, that that is the one I want." And you know, I'm just very, very lucky to, to have a great relationship uh, with Mr. Performance, who's our principal. I was I was very fortunate to coach his son, who is who is now a junior um, here at Union High. I had an opportunity to coach him um, when he played youth football, and just to be able to have that kind of relationship with him and them be able to develop a relationship with Coach Purvis, who's our athletic director over the course of last year, it's just been kind of surreal. Uh, it's just a tremendous opportunity, and I thank God every day I've gotten this opportunity, and I and, uh, just want to make the best out of it.
0: Tell the truth, man. It was the video board that, that sealed the deal for you, wasn't it?
4: <laughs> well, I, I think I had a spoon at Scotland a little bit with the video board, but, hey, we're trying to catch up with them.
0: Well, you know, it's funny because you know, here in Sanford and in most small cities around the country, um, you know, football is sort of king during the fall. But Cameron where Union Pines is located, sort of it's sort of out on an island all by itself, but the the atmosphere there on game nights is it it really is something special and I'm not just blowing sunshine at you. I get exactly what you're talking about with Union Pines, with the band, the engagement of the fans, you know, everything down to the video board. It's a beautiful venue. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I get why you're so excited.
4: I, it's, it's an incredible opportunity. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, number one, you're only going to be as good as the coaches around you. And, you know, I, I'd like to say I've been very blessed to, to bring my quarterback coach, Bryce Black. Um, he was my quarterback coach at Fairmont. Um, he was with me at Southern League. I, I've been able to get him over here. i uh, built a great relationship with Terrell McKeever last year at Southern League. He's come over here to be our defensive bat coach. But, you know, here, here's what I was going to say. I, I get off tangent sometimes. You're only going to be as good as the coaches around you, and more importantly, you're only going to be as good as the community behind you. And this is a very special yet unique community at Union Pines. And people genuinely want to help you here. They want to do anything they can to help you and your team be in the best position to win and that's something i'm
0: very thankful for well you you talked about the the school and you talked about the community there's also you know the matter of the players out there on the field and and i know you've got a guy coming back Tyreek mccoy that i'm excited to see what what he can do as a senior talk a little bit about what 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 you expect from him and the rest of that offense
4: well first I just like to say that, that Tyreek's a better young man than he is a football player and, and and you know he's he's very he's very committed to football and it's something he really loves. Um, you know, I, I've been referring to Tyreek as, as just one of those fast cats. You know, Tyreek's about two hundred and ten pounds, but Tyreek also runs four, five, four six. So for for a big guy to, to be able to move that fast is is kinda unfair. But um, he's been tremendous. Um, you know, let's run an option on offense. He's going to be able to press the line of scrimmage fast. And, you know, he, he's definitely going to make people honor to die. But, you know, Tyreek also could become the pitchback at any time. And now you've got that six foot one, 210 pound frame up against an outside linebacker or a DB. And, and, and I'll take that matchup every time. Well, you, 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 talk- you know, in addition, say that again.
0: No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
4: I said, in addition to, uh, in addition to, uh, so Tyreek, you know, never nobody's ever seen Archie Chandler, who who made all-conferences D.V. play offense, and then we got a young sophomore uh, Keyshawn. He's gonna be a, he's a rising junior, Keyshawn Davis. He runs about a four-five, and then we have another tailback, Jahi uh, uh kind of similar to the tailbacks I had at Southern League. We've got four solid tailbacks, all of which are all of which have different skill uh, skill sets. Some are more true tiebacks. Some are guys who want to get the ball in their hands on the perimeter right now. Um, So it's going to be an exciting brand of football to kind of watch how those four different guys will will kind of assume their role and and help us go win football games.
1: Well,
0: you know, I know you, and I know you pretty well. I'm sure that there is some eye-rolling on your defensive staff. Because I'm certain that every single athlete you have come through that building, you're trying to figure out how to employ them on offense, and the defensive staff. You're going to leave some scraps for them to at least, you know, have 11 guys to roll out there.
4: Oh, absolutely! Uh, coach Cruz is going to hear this, and he's going to start laughing. But uh, when I interviewed here at Union Kines, you know, I told Coach Purvis and and uh, and uh, Mr. McCormick that I think my job as a head football coach is to always put the best product on the field. And, you know, even at the 4A level, you know, I think you've got to play your best players on offense and defense. I think how you do that is you take 30 minutes out of your practice schedule and you devote it to conditioning. Now, Coach Bailey taught me this in Scotland. You know, if if we're snapping the ball every 12 seconds and those guys get lined up and we're running plays, that's conditioning in itself. But in addition to doing that type of conditioning, we also want to run after practice, run gassers, run short yard sprints. And and I think that that's what's going to help prepare us to always have our best product on the field. But, you know, I, I was telling a young man today, it was the first day out there, I was like, you are expected to play offense and defense. You don't have a choice. I said, you may not. I said, you may not uh, play offense. I said, but you're going to learn how to play a position on offense. because so every kid on my team is going to know how to play both sides of the ball.
0: Uh, hey that sounds exciting and and I'm, I'm sure that folks out there you know are excited to hear that you're gonna you're gonna take that up-tempo approach this is the third year of the tri-county six is that right yes sir i, I think so now t- to be fair tri-county this this new conference that was created has been headlined by lee county and Southern Lee. they've sort of wrecked shop inside the conference Are you willing to go on the record that in year one, Union Pines is going to challenge for a conference championship?
4: I'd like to say this, and and I think I told the pilot this when they interviewed me. I'm not promising that, that we're going to compete for a conference championship. I'm not promising that we're going to have a winning season. I'm not promising we're going to get in our first playoff game in a couple of years. I'm just going to promise everybody that's listening to me that my coaches and I are going to give these kids everything we got, and we're going to model a program in such a way that's eventually going to lead to us being able to compete with those, those two teams every year. Um, you, know, I, you know, perhaps, you know, Chris, you know, we play for a conference championship this year. That may very well be the case, and, and that's what we're going to work for every day. You know, in order to do something you've never done before, you've got to be willing to do something you've never done. And we're putting practices and discipline and all that in place right now so that we can reach that point. But all I'm gonna promise is is that, you know, we're gonna give give the kids our best and we're gonna expect their best in return and, and we're gonna try to put the best product in the field and do the very best we can.
0: That sounds good. Now you've been you've been around the game for you know, most of your adult life. This is your first bite at the apple as a, as a head coach, is that correct? Yes, sir it is. Now I am sure. I know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you have spent many, many nights thinking, if it was my program, I'd do this. Is that right?
4: That's exactly right.
0: All right, so what are what are a couple of the things that you've been able to implement as a first-time head coach now that you have free run to run your program? What are the things that you're most excited about having had the opportunity to do?
4: Well, everywhere I've been, you know, Coach Bailey used to say this to me all the time. He said you can learn something from everybody. He said sometimes people are going to teach you what you should absolutely do, and then people are going to teach you what you shouldn't do. But, you know, I don't want to get into all that, what I've learned from this person or that person or or what I've decided not to do. But the one general thing that I've always told myself that I would do when I took over a program is that I was going to put some discipline in place. You know, and I think coaches, I think coaches can benefit from this, but I also think it can hurdle. You know, if you put a rule in place, Chris, you know, you need to hold a kid to that rule. Just, just don't put rules in place just to scare them. And one thing that I'm proud of that we've done here so far, every rule we've put in place, we've held, we've held our young men accountable for. it. You know, just for example, you know, in today's game, you know, if a player gets caught with jewelry on it's an automatic 15 yard penalty. Well, we do jewelry in stages, and and we did one this morning. You know, we had about 62 kids out there this morning, and we had one kid that had jewelry on. But, you know, what we're trying to teach them is that they got to be disciplined in practice. We want to model our practice the same way that a game should be modeled. We're, we're trying to set those same expectations. Um, another thing is, you know, I learned this from Coach Neal. You know, I have a no custom policy here. You know, if a kid cusses out there at practice, all I do is I blow the whistle, I put them on the line, and the whole team runs. I, you know, I, I may hear, I may hear that, I may see that it was a certain person, or I may hear that it was a certain person that said the cuss word. But you know, I don't blame that particular person. I, I just put them all on the line, and we run, and we'll run a spread or two. We'll turn around, and I say, "Hey, let's, let's sign back up, and let's run this play." So, you know, one thing that I'm very proud that we've been able to do so far here at Union Pine is, is put some real discipline in place. And hold the kids to it, and I really believe that even though it may take a month or two or however long to get it in place, I really believe that you that if you hold kids to rules and expectations, that that they're going to meet your standards. You know, and, it, and our kids. It, it,
0: it's, Go ahead. It, it's funny that you're talking about the no the no swearing policy. When when Coach Neal took over at Southern Lee a couple of years ago, that was one of the first things that was sort of put out on Front Street was that this was a non negotiable. That, that there was going to be no cursing in his football program period. Now I gotta, I, I gotta laugh that folks that know me um, know I, I had done a little bit of work with, with Southern League back when, when Coach Simon was there and they were like, I guess you can't come around the program anymore and I was like, yeah I don't, <laughs> I don't know how much time I can spend over there either but, but my, my thing with it is is I almost thought from, from my cynical perspective that that was unenforceable that there was no way that was going to work out. And I, I tell you, I've been around the program for the last couple of years, and it it is a thing. How do you guys do it? Is that all it takes is for you to say well, you're not going to do it, and if you do it, you're going to run?
4: Well, uh, like I said, Chris, I, you know, my thing is, and I, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about Coach Bailey a lot, man. Coach, coach Bailey taught me so much. Even even Corey Johnson, uh, he's the head football coach at Clinton. He's taught me so much about what it means to run a disciplined program. And, you know, I'll say this. You don't want to create so many rules that you're more worried about enforcing rules than you are coaching football. But whatever rules you do put in place, just hold kids accountable for them. You know, just like the young man, just like the young man I ran earlier for having the jewelry on. I walked up to him. I said, is this a rule that I put in place? he said, yes, sir. I said, do I expect you to do the right thing? I, he said, yes, sir. I said, why am I teaching you this? He said, because it would it, get us a 15-yard penalty during the game, and it will not only hurt me, but it hurt the team. And so, you know, when I'm disciplined, I, I try to use those moments as teachable moments. I'm not only trying to correct their behavior, but use the situation to help them become a better man, you know, a better future leader, all those things. So I, I feel like you can accomplish that all in one, but, but like, I, like I told you, you know, if you tell if you tell young men that that you know they're not going to cuss, and you hear them cuss, just put them on the line and roam, and you know it, it may take a while, but they'll eventually get the point. And whatever rules you put in place, you got to hold them to it. And just like any good leader would say, "Well, gets monitored it gets stuff."
0: All right, I hear you, man. I'm excited to see what you put together out there. Can we get you to check back in with us uh, once we once we get into the season?
4: Oh, absolutely. You call me anytime. You know, I'm very thankful for what you, got, you guys did for us last year um, in Lee County and and uh, how you've always treated me, um, especially, and, and I'm very grateful for that. And um, Anytime you want me on the show, I'd love to be on it. All
0: right, brother, we appreciate that, man. Lonnie Cox, head coach, first time out of the shoot at Union Pines High in Cameron, North Carolina. I'm excited to see what you do, man. We will talk soon. Thank you, Chris. All right, guys. That was kind of fun. I love hearing the excitement of guys that get to do this on a daily basis. There's part of me that is like all my life wanted to be a high school head coach. I just don't know that I can muster the intensity that I would feel like I needed to every single day. You know what I mean? Robert, you've been down that road, man, at the college level. Yep. How do you, how do you stay on all the time? You know, I don't think it's about staying on. I
5: think it's just a matter of staying focused. If you can just concentrate on what needs to be done that day, like I'm not a rah-rah guy. I'm about hey, let's get in here and do what we need to do. Let's do it well. Feel like we get better every day, and that way, when it comes around game time, it's routine. We we know how to run that play. We can execute our press or our trap or situationally. So, you know, I'm a I'm a doer, not
1: a cheerleader. I would think the jewelry rule would be an easy one. I would just put the Michael Crabtree tree footage on a loop because he got his chain snatched twice by the same guy, and he's rich. <laughs> you know what I mean. I would be getting rid of taking my jewelry off in a hurry after watching that. You know, though, I can tell you,
0: and and you guys know, I do television play by play, and about every other game, somebody gets a flag, and it's always in the middle of the game. Right, and it's oh, I, I honestly believe that the The opposing coaches are kind of surveying the field and waiting for a moment where they can point it out to the referee if the referee hasn't seen it. And it'll happen, and you never know what's going on. And they go, and it's always a necklace, and they fish it out, and here comes the flag. And then the coach on the sideline is, you know, looking incredulous. What are you doing? You know, this is what we do. And I don't understand why these guys think they have to wear these necklaces out there because it can't be a matter of, I forgot. You know what I mean? But it happens, and and you know, Coach Cox trying to address something you know, on the front side to to condition his guys because 15 yards in a football game at the high school level in particular oh, yeah. is a big deal. So very interesting conversation. We appreciate Lonnie Cox hanging out with us for a few minutes. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, on the other side, I see Beantown in there on the phone. I think I know who he's got online. We'll see if I'm right. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio.
2: You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio or visit us at www.cheapseatradio.com. Swimming pools can be lots of fun.
3: But they can be dangerous too, especially for young children. Always practice simple safety steps to prevent tragedies. Fence all pools. Teach kids to
2: swim. And always watch them around water. No
3: horse play.
2: Simple steps save lives. To learn new life-saving steps, visit poolsafely.gov. A public service message from the US Consumer Product Safety Commission.
3: A message from the American Migraine Foundation. It's an absolute nightmare. There's pain that does not stop. I feel trapped by migraine. Migraine is a disabling disease. I feel like I'm dying. You feel like the world's closing in on you. There's nothing you can do. It's like you're trapped in your head. There's no escaping it. You can't leave your body.
1: Don't suffer alone. Make your move against migraine. Visit AmericanMigraineFoundation.org to find help, learn more,
2: and get connected
1: Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life.
0: Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats, sports talk radio that won't make your ears bleed. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Hanging out this morning, Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins, the inimitable Robert Brickie. And uh, guys, I, I didn't even know if you all were still in here. You know, I kept looking at you to see if you had questions for Coach Cox, and you were like, nah. Just you were doing ahead. such a good go job. Yeah, thanks. All right. we, he, we knew he was in capable hands. Oh, well, cool. I appreciate that, I think. Um, so I feel a little bit like I was sleeping with the enemy because we are located here in Lee County. And Union Pines, although it is closer to some people's houses than the other two schools that are here in Lee County, now I feel like we have to do a Lee County segment. How y'all feel about that? That's what I was... Are saying. you going to do this to me again,
1: though? That's all I want to know before I go into this. Do what to you? Uh, you were on a roll, man. We. You just got to... Sometimes you got to step back and admire greatness. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oof, sometimes it's one of those you're, days.
5: you're in the presence of greatness. You just... You just
1: get caught up. Sometimes it's a teaching moment. If like I, if I'm, thought... I'm learning the professionalism of the the, inter, the art of the interview, so I don't want to inter- interrupt that. If
0: I thought either of you meant a single word you just said, I'd be really, really feeling myself right now. <laughs> On the phone with us, Lee County Yellow Jackets head coach Steve Berdu. Steve, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, before we talk about football, I, I need to say something, and I say this from a position of respect. And of commiseration, because my last name is de Lambert, and I spent my entire youth having people butcher my name. Yours is one of those names where, when, and I know this because the first time I I asked you, you were like, "Just whatever." I was like, "Is it Burdu? Is it Bordeaux? Is it?" W-? And you were like, "It doesn't matter." How, how often it- do people talk to you for the first time and hit your name perfect? when they say it.
2: Yeah, so not definitely not very often. It's Bordeaux. bird like a cold, dough like donut. So it is Bordeaux. Um, yeah, not not too often they get it right, but it, it don't bother me. Way, if, if I say something wrong, they can't get too mad at me either.
5: Do they I, ever do they pronounce it Bordeaux?
2: I do get that sometimes, yeah. Definitely get some weird spellings. Right.
0: I, I think I spelled it like six different ways in my phone before I finally got it right. <laughs> yes, sir. So, hey... I'm gonna start right out of the gate. Uh, we just, I gotta tell you because I I don't know that you you were listening when we did, but I I kind of feel a little bad. We just interviewed Lonnie Cox at Union Pines, huh? And I feel bad that we didn't interview you
2: first. Hey, uh, no worries. Uh, congratulate Coach Cox on getting that job. I think he's gonna do a great job over
0: there. I'm I'm excited to see what he does with the program. I know that uh, you know he he was he had a vision for the offense with the Cavaliers. And and he just always struck me as a guy who was like, I can't wait to get my own squad so I can do all the little, you know, mad scientist-type things that I want to do. I'm, I'm I'm waiting to see how many trick plays this guy runs and what kind of scheme he comes up with. He's, he is such a good guy.
2: He is a good guy and a good coach, so I look forward
0: to it. All right, but you're still going to put the beat down on him, aren't you?
2: We don't practice
0: to lose, so we're to win. <laughs> so, so for those of you who haven't ever met Steve, this is year two at Lee County. Um, yes, sir. Most coaches, if I ask this question, are going to give me some canned answer about, you know, we're building good young men. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna do our best. Are you plan on winning a state championship this
2: year? Every year we make a calendar, we end with a state championship. If you don't have that plan, you're not going to make it. That's what
0: I'm talking about, man. That is absolutely what I'm talking about. That's why I love you the most. Um, Because I know that your kids feel the same way. I've had had an opportunity to talk to to most of the kids up and down the roster, and and to a man, they are like, yeah, we're playing to win a state championship. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not sure this isn't Lee County's best shot at a state championship in a very, very long time Talk about the kids that you've got coming back.
2: You know, we, got a, we, got, we had a really good team last year. Uh, we graduated some really good seniors. Um, and this year, you know, we, we returned just, you know, just about 20 lettermen um, that played on varsity last year. Um, you know, we have, we have four guys right now that have Division one offers. Um, Desmond Evans, uh, A.J. Bouwer our running back, DeAndre Prince, and Jaden Chalmers. And we have a couple other guys that are getting interest that will probably end up at the FCS the D2 level. Now, we have a really good group of, uh, of football players, and they're good kids too. Uh, they're working their butts off.
0: Now, each of those guys that you talked about, a skill position type guys, I think the one concern from the outside looking in is is whether or not you guys are going to be able to re- retool that offensive line. You got enough in the pipeline to, uh, to to put it back together?
2: Yeah, so that's 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 what our question mark is right now, too. Until we can really get in there and have some some contact in August, and figure it out uh we've got some bodies that we we, we like we got some guys up up front that are working hard but you know we're we're replacing three offensive linemen two that played in the east west all-star game um so definitely some big shoes to fill there um but we have uh capable guys to do it uh we'll just see when the when the pads get on and start popping if if they're the ones popping (laughs) all
0: right so every conversation about lee county this year um has got to be the national attention that that desmond evans is getting um nobody has him at anywhere else the number one in the state in terms of college prospects I know that there are folks locally here who want to believe he's going to wind up at one of the state schools um, any news yet on on where young mr. Evans might be landing
2: um he's getting down to his final five um, his final five picks I think he's gonna release that you know before we get into our first scrimmages um, and a couple of the local schools will be in that top five. Um, All right,
0: nothing, nothing too far away. So you, you know how I, you know how I am. Um, is Ohio State going to be on that list? So, so
2: right now I don't think so. What? Um, they're, they're right there, on, right there on the border of it. Oh. We see, we, we got to get them to Ohio State so they can see that big old place.
0: Oh my gosh! You I got to, I got to cut coach staff up there and. and uh, you just crushed Chris' Oh, soul. my God. I, did, I was just laughing before we came on the air. I was like, yeah, he's going to wind up at Ohio State, and everybody here is going to be bent out of shape.
2: Oh, man. Well, they, they've come in and took some guys from North Carolina before and done very well with them. So um, they're definitely doing a good job recruiting. I just don't know if he's going to quite make that trip. All right.
1: I know you got to give respect to all the teams on your schedule, but do you have one coming up on this year's schedule that you kind of have earmarked for a tough matchup? Yeah, our, our first
2: game is the Smith. Uh, so that, that's hey. the, the, the toughest one we got right so far. You know, E. Smith is a, a very athletic team. They've got a couple guys that, that are getting a lot of interest. They didn't have a have a great season last year, but you know, previously uh, with those same guys, they were they were eight and nine win football team. Um, so we saw them a little bit this summer doing some seven on seven stuff. So I expect them to be a, a formidable opponent for sure.
1: Well, do you feel like that's a good thing to have a tough opponent right off the bat, or does it get oh, you definitely. started? You know, Go ahead.
2: Everybody that we scheduled, scheduled um, on this schedule, you know, in a perfect schedule. You know, schedule's got to have two people agree to it. But now we have some very athletic teams because, um, obviously, you know, when we get to the playoffs, that's going to be a, you know, we're going to face some athletic teams. So some of the things that they'll do will translate um, later on. Um, and, and with our scrimmages that we have, you know, we're bringing in Richmond County and Northern Durham and Cleveland and some of those guys become scrimmages um, even before the season. So we feel like we shouldn't see too many better teams than some of those.
5: I apologize if I miss this. Do you guys participate? In, uh do you have a football jamboree here?
2: Yeah, so we'll actually uh, we're going to host one in the in the stadium this year on August 10th, um, that that Saturday morning, and we actually we're going to we're going to host the second one August 16th. So we're going to do both of them at home this year.
0: So you're you're talking about scheduling, and I and I think it's fair. You know, Burton Cates was a was an institution in this town, but I do think sure. it's fair to say. That he had his own philosophy as it applied to non-conference scheduling. Yours is yours is pretty much the
1: opposite.
2: Um, well, so, yeah, one one thing with, with with scheduling, like I said, it does it does take two teams to to agree to it. Um, we had a couple teams tell us no thanks, um, and sometimes it just don't make sense for you know teams to travel here, travel there. So I understand, but um, you yeah, know we we definitely want some competition, um, and hopefully. Yeah, when you make a plan two to three years out and sign a contract, you you got to assume those teams are going to be good. Um, so well, I, I, can't imagine the thing
0: I can't imagine there's a whole lot of 3A teams outside of your conference that are lining up excited about playing you guys. Uh, just be honest. Well, I,
2: I hope we're able to keep it that way. Um, I, hope, I hope that's always the case. I never want scheduling to be where, you know, 10 or 20 people are calling us, I guess, but, um, you know, I definitely the next time we make one, I, I would like for a few more of the, the local schools to, to jump on board, but, you know, it is what it is.
0: All right. So, out of the gate, year one, um, great success. I mean, you, you rolled through the regular season undefeated. Uh, tough matchup in the second round of the of the state playoffs. How is year two different?
2: You know, so last year we started, staff really, I got here in May. My staff didn't really get here until the summer. Um, so, we continued to, to build upon things and thought we did a, a good job. Uh, you know, the boys picked up things quickly. But this, this year we had a, a full off season. Um, so, you know, from the weight room starting, you know, early in January to, to having a, a full staff and bringing in a couple more guys, and um, you know, having having a full off season, not just trying to pack everything into to four or five weeks.
0: Now, last year was your first first gig as a head coach, yes, and, sir. and I'm sure you know you had a vision coming in how you wanted the program to roll. What did you get wrong last year? Is there anything that you've changed and you're like, I thought it would be this way, or I thought this would be effective? And maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna scale that back or do it a little bit differently.
2: Now we're gonna we're, one thing we're, we're gonna do is we're gonna host these scrimmages. I thought that was one thing that we could we could save some time and save, so obviously save our, our fans some uh, some traveling um, and show up our state a little bit. So that's one thing that we changed. Um, the other thing is to continue to, to build our coaches. You know, we, we we had a really good group last year, and I think we have you know an even better group this year because we've added some to it. Uh, so I think that's gonna be a, a continuing thing of keeping a great staff. Well, perfect. Give us some
0: details about it. you said the uh, the first jamboree is August 10th. Give us a little bit of details about what's going on.
2: Yeah, so August 10th, we're going to start off at nine o'clock. Um, it'll all be in the uh, in, in Palm Beach Gay Stadium. Um, we'll go from nine to about twelve thirty. There'll be five different teams rotating on the field. Um, Southern League will also come to it. Uh, say Richmond County, Northern Durham, and Apex Friendship. So we've got some you know some some quality teams coming in. Everybody will play three games that day uh, for about thirty minutes. Um, so we'll get some good work in.
0: Wow, it sounds like a lot of fun. What are you guys doing August 10th? You want to come hang? Uh, sounds like a good day. So you say
5: they have got six teams, so you play each team for a 30-minute segment. Is, yeah, we're going to get about a 30-minute segment. Is it an actual game, or is it situational football?
2: So we'll do some of both. So we'll go ten plays. Um, one segment will be ten plays of offense, ten plays of defense, and then we'll do uh, uh, the next session will be a, a full live situational um going in if you don't get a first down you're off the field and then we'll also mix in some red zone stuff so we're gonna get a little bit of everything um talking with the coaches that are going to come to it you know trying to make sure everybody gets what they need right um, and, and you know, red zone play is always a, a big thing so we're gonna mix that in a little bit too
0: all right very good coach anything you want
2: to add no i appreciate all y'all guys do and look forward to seeing y'all again sometime soon
0: all right man we will check in with you as we get closer to the season uh good luck To the Yellow Jackets, like I said, there's a lot of high expectations out out there for you this year. Last year, you were the new guy, and they're trying to figure out what they got. Now it's all the pressure. Everybody knows what they got. They want a state championship, coach.
2: Yes, sir. No one's got more pressure on themselves than I put on myself. I'm all
0: about it. All right, man. We'll talk soon. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Lee County Yellow Jacket football head coach, Steve Burdue. That's a good guy.
1: Yeah, I like him a lot.
0: that's a good, good guy. Um, so, football jamboree August tenth starts at nine o'clock at Paul B. Gay Stadium. Folks should get out there. That's the one thing I know Steve didn't talk about is trying to get more community engagement. He wants that place to be on fire on Friday nights and uh, doing things like this, trying to get the word out there, spreading a little bit of for you know, no pun intended, a little bit of buzz. Um, really, really could go a long way. It's it's a little disappointing at some of these games when Lee County in particular, over the last couple of years, you know, has been among the best 3A teams in the state. Um, the turnout hadn't been as great as it should have been. They haven't been getting what they deserved. Now, when you get down to the Brick City Classic, that's a that's a whole you know the brick city bowl people turn out and it doesn't matter what's going on and the last couple of years those games have been really meaningful so it's been a great crowd but leading up to that it's almost as if Lee County's been beating people too badly and they're like ah, there's no drama they're going to roll out there and beat these guys 56 to 6 um it's a fun time though man and it's a great place to watch some high school football do you do you think in general attendance has
5: declined
0: in high school athletics yeah i know it has but what's what's the reason behind that too many other Entertainment alternatives. Right. I mean, I, I played I played ball in Austin, Texas, and you know, football is king there. And when you think back to that relative to, you know, where we're at now, you had six or seven real stations on TV, you know, there weren't a million things going on, people weren't glued to screens, they weren't that. The other thing too is that high school football fans now, you have internet feeds of the game, you have, you know, online updates, max preps, you can go there and find out anything. Basically, back in the day, you either had to go to the game or read the paper. Right. I, I I do think that attendance has waned, but high school football is the purest type of football there is, and I'm not trying to say it's as exciting as the product they put on the field, you know, at the college level or you know the pro level. But I dig high school football on a level that I that I get excited about. Very many sports. It's a, it's a great time. Um, and you get to see these kids go out there and lay it on the line. Uh, it's a lot of fun. No knock against high school basketball. I dig that too. But high school football, to me, has a special place in my heart. I don't. I don't feel kids
5: embrace athletics like we did. And maybe because we didn't have anything else to do. But Friday night football games and basketball games. I mean, it was the thing to do. So the whole school embraced it. And and then you had rivalry. So it was. It's. I go to a few games now, and it's nothing like when I was in high school.
0: Well, beyond beyond the attendance piece of it, I, I agree with you entirely about high school football because I know I grew up in a culture where, you know, when you showed up at a high school football game, that was what was going on. Right. And even the kids that are there now, it's like a social event. And they're not even, you know, obviously they'd be cutting up in the bleachers back in the day. They're not even in the bleachers. They're like in a corner of the field somewhere cutting up, you know, doing their thing. And it it definitely is a shift and a change. And the kids that are not a part of the team are less engaged for the most part. So it definitely has transformed. And it's not, you know, I'm not speaking about one school. I travel all over the state. I see it everywhere I go. And it's sort of the same thing. So it, it is, it is... A different dynamic, right? I
5: uh, I, I miss the school spirit, you know, when kids were really they paint themselves and dress up. And yes, they make up their own cheers and this thing. I miss that when you saw some unity among the student body to support your your school program. So, you know, it's 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 not fun. I like to go watch kids sometimes have a good time at games. I oh, just yeah. don't see it very often now.
0: Yeah, one was, of my one of my favorite things when I was in high school our band was oh, yeah. huge they were they were enormous and they competed at the state and they did the parades you know in New York and the rest of that stuff but our student body that was not in the band that would be at games when the opposing band would come on the field everybody in our, on our side of the stadium would open up newspapers to <laughs> right. hide their faces right, because right. they weren't going to watch and that was that was one of the coolest things ever um, yeah but you don't see that kind of school spirit and the bands are so hit or miss at some of these schools. Oh, yeah. um, you know, you've got some schools that, that roll it out, and we were talking to Lonnie Cox, the Union Pines band, top shelf. You know, they roll out, there's God knows how many, you know, scores of kids that are in the band, and then you get to some of these schools out in the outlying counties, and there's, you know, 15 people in the band. It's it's weird how things right. have shifted, and I feel like a grumpy old man, because in my, my day, but it, it, it is definitely a distinct shift.
1: We're going up in Texas, and in- Versus growing up in North Carolina, the football is not even the same animal.
0: I mean, it's interesting that you say that because I've been other places and people are like, high school football, and I I don't I never wanted to be that guy and be like you you, you right. just don't get it you you don't know it is a different animal well, and, and especially out in West Texas, dude, it is king and and you've got entire towns that back in the day just shut down. That was all that was going on was Friday night football. You know the movie Friday Night Lights. I, I, a lot of people don't realize that is based on the truth out there in Odessa. Um, that's just how it was.
1: It's like a college atmosphere.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I
1: remember when Bomani Jones was here in Raleigh before he went <laughs> to work for the the Evil Empire. Um, that he was constantly reminding you of that. You people here in North Carolina don't know anything about football, and it's kind of we know about it. We just don't have we don't have that fever pitch. Right. Excitement when it comes to our teams. The the bigger thing, too, and it's happened in Florida now, you've seen Florida move up
0: there with Texas, is that football players in those two states play football. They're not multi-sport athletes in a lot of cases because they play football all year round. Right. And that's how the programs are structured. And that, I think, is what separates those two states from everybody else. And that's why when you look at the the recruiting services and this, it's not that they're feeding these kids differently or they've got different DNA. It's that they are football players, and that's what they do. The other thing is that in, in bigger markets like Austin um, and then in the, the football factory towns like Odessa, they start running systems at the junior high level. And an entire school district will run the same offensive and defensive systems. So those kids, when they're in the sixth grade, are in that system. And by the time they get to the high school, they—I they, mean, it's built in, and they keep those systems intact. They're just—they're uh, football factories. They're rolling out. All right, we're going to take another break. We got a, uh, about twenty minutes to go. You're hanging out from the cheap seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. You can visit us on the web at www.cheapseatradio.com.
2: We'll see you on the other side of the room. Stay tuned to From the Cheap Seats. We'll be right back. I don't know what we'll talk about, but it'll be cool.
3: In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly?
0: After a few drinks, I'm
1: taking it slow. Well,
3: you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in one miles. <sighs>
2: Debt. If you get in too deep, members of the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, can help you put debt in its place.
3: Credit cards took charge of my financial life. A certified credit counselor helped me get back in control.
2: Student loan debt followed me wherever I went. NFCC taught me all I needed to know. Connect with an NFCC certified credit counselor at your local member agency today. We'll help you put debt in its place. Go to nfcc.org slash debt or call 877-410-6322.
3: We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. <laughs> Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877 dad 411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
4: My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch.
5: (laughs) One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in
3: isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
0: From the Cheap Seats, National Sports with a Carolina Twist. All right, welcome back from the Cheap Seats. Final segment coming up. Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins, the inimitable Robert Bricky. And we're missing, we're down a man. Professor Trent A. Nichols, nowhere to be found this morning. I miss old Trent.
1: Trent's out selling right now.
0: Yeah, he is.
1: He's a salesman now. Yeah. He's not he's not just managing folks anymore. He's out there like you know, he's feeling the, the pressure. The, the hunt is on. Let's give some
0: love to anybody that's out there listening that sells for a living. I don't care what you're selling. I don't care what your commission rates are. I don't dude, that's pressure. When you don't know from month to month what you're going to put in your pocket, you know, I know it. It's a tough life. I got a feeling. I got a feeling. Mister Bricky is not missing any meals, though. I think. I, I think you've done all right for yourself. Well,
5: here's the here's the deal. Sometimes it takes two, three, four months to get paid. So I'm, I'm, you know, and you got money out there. It's not come. It's weird, man. So, you know, there's some da- there's some days where you have great day- paydays, and there's some days you gotta you gotta manage. So, uh, well, it's
0: you know, you need to find yourself a financial manager. Help you, you know, navigate that. Put together, you know. A three pronged investment approach. Yeah, but that takes and time. I, 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 I got the client. You. I got you. I got to follow up with solutions,
5: and then I'm gonna have to follow up with signing paperwork. That could be six weeks right there. By the time I submit the paperwork, and, and that so it's it's a process.
0: All right. So Trent should have
1: should have got with you before he jumped in.
5: No, this. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's no. you know you,
0: he was his previous occupation
1: is a little different. Trent's got the personality for it though.
0: You know. He, I, I he, can say one thing about our he's brother. He's a grinder. I, I can say one thing about our brother. He love to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss him though. I hope he's doing
1: well and I hope he's I, I hope he's closing, selling some gutters or a roof or something. You know what I mean? I'm getting I'm gonna use my man. I'm about to replace my gutters here pretty soon. Look at there. See, so back to gutter talk. It, <laughs> it, it didn't take yeah, – so it, so it, t- it took an hour after you said it. <laughs> I don't want to replace my gutters. I just want to clean them. Right. Well, that's funny. Bricky over here talking about, well, sometimes it might take two to three months to get paid, man. You're commercial real estate, dude. <laughs> it <laughs> takes two years to do a deal <laughs> over here. I mean, it is a big payday.
0: But. Closing deals you had forgotten were deals. Not- Oh, my gosh. Wasn't George Bush still president when we first started working on this deal? (laughs) I sold real estate for several years, and people used to ask me, don't you want to get into commercial? No. No, I can't afford to get into commercial. I can't wait 18 months to get paid for that deal to close. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, it's something else. So, gentlemen, I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge that the Baseball Hall of Fame induction ceremony happened this weekend. Six players inducted. Most notably, Mariano Rivera, who is the best probably ever at what he did. And Harold Baines, who was pretty ordinary, and got in. And that's kind of the story. Harold Baines got in? Harold Baines got in. Harold Baines, who played baseball for approximately 47 years, who was, was a always DH. a pretty good player most of his career is a DH, got in. That's funny. You didn't even know he got in. Yeah, that was the story. Wow. When he got in. Tony La Russa is the one that sort of paved the way for that to happen. A lot of blowback. I don't think it does anybody any good that Baines got into the Hall. But, but I didn't think that, that he deserved it when he got in. Uh, whatever. Yeah. And and people that were at the ceremony kind of made some nasty remarks. It kind of, you know, they talk about the fact that it's tainted and so on and so forth. But bigger than that, though, here's my. And this this is where it all leads back to for me as it applies to the Hall of Fame. Can somebody give me any reason, any reason at all, that the statute of limitations hasn't run out and that Pete Rose ought to be allowed into the Hall of Fame. Harold Baines just got into the Hall of Fame, (laughs) y'all. And Pete Rose cannot get in. Well, see, then they want to make character an issue. And I thought it was about numbers. Well, you say character. David Ortiz, and and I'm not, you know, going to trash him because he just got shot in, you know, some stuff. People forget David Ortiz got suspended for steroid use. We we conveniently have set that aside. I guarantee you, David Ortiz is going in in a couple years.
5: First ballot,
0: you know he was he's beloved, and that's the difference. But no, 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 Pete Rose was beloved at a level few athletes in American history have ever been beloved. Now the detractors, well, he bet it on he bet on baseball. So what? Right. It, it it's over now. If he made any money off of bets
1: on baseball, he spent it. Right. He didn't pay taxes on it. He had to go to jail for not paying taxes. Didn't he always say that he all, he only bet on his team, like bet his team to win all the time? He initially said that he never bet against. on the Reds. Oh. Okay.
0: Then he went back and apparently he did bet on the Reds. But to the best of my knowledge, he never bet
1: against the Reds. Let me ask you a quick. Let me put it this way: <laughs> Of course, he should be in the Hall of Fame. But let me put it this way: You don't think maybe I'll not name the name that an older Chicago Bull never bet on any of his games, right? Right. And is anybody ever talking about? I'm not going to say
0: that Michael Jordan gambled on the Chicago
1: Bulls because I don't
0: know that for certain. But I do think that it's probably more likely than not that Michael Jordan was betting on Bulls
1: games allegedly allegedly I didn't say any names okay right. I was going to I wasn't going to mention any names but the odds of a certain Chicago bull not betting on the Bulls to win I think the the odds of that are you know f- fairly low I mean, I mean any of these athletes and and
0: let's be honest there is a very tight kinship between Vegas and the casinos and a lot of these athletes You know Willie Mays took a lot of grief after he got done playing ball because he was a greeter at one of the casinos out in Vegas. I get all the way back to the Black Sox scandals. I get throwing games. I get shaving points. I I get all that. And if you were ever convicted and it were proven that you shaved points or you threw a game, you should be banned forever. That has never been a question with Pete Rose. You're talking about a guy that played the game with a tenacity – That we've never seen from anybody else, probably. This is a guy that ended a catcher's career in the All-Star game. (laughs) That's awesome. Trying to score. Ray Fossey ruined his career. To say that Pete Rose didn't give it his all and wasn't completely 100% balls out in everything he did in baseball is ludicrous.
1: So, who has the final say? Is it the current commissioner that has the final say on this? Um, all it would we, all it would take is for Rob Banford to say, you know what, penance has been paid. He needs to go ahead and do Let's that. Well, you know, the, the stigma of gambling is not even close to what it was back oh, then. though. I right. mean, we're having all. You know, Roy Cooper has to do is sign off on this legalized sports betting here in the state of North Carolina. Is on his desk, I think.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be
1: signed. Yeah, and sports betting via the two
0: casinos out in West uh, North Carolina will manage the sports betting in North Carolina. And it only makes sense. It's it's legal now federally. And if you want to get in on the action and create tax revenues associated with it, you know, better get after it. What gets me is
5: look at the steroid era. And none of those guys have gotten into the hall. Now, if you look at the numbers, well, a few of them. Have,
0: have they not? A few of them, but... Uh, like, we've been very selective with the ones that ex- we've decided ex- are going to exactly. get in and get it and, and exactly. not get in. So,
5: what's the difference between a guy who's gotten in and Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa or Barry Bonds? You know, Dude.
0: their numbers—they they weren't bad guys. Here's my here's, my, here, here's like, my position. my a little sketchy. Here's but. my position on Barry Bonds: is that when Barry Bonds was playing baseball, everybody, everybody, literally. Everybody was doing steroids. Barry Bonds' numbers did not occur in a vacuum. We're not looking at, you know, well, Barry Bonds did this over an extended period of time. No, Barry Bonds, at the height of his career for about a six-year period, was so far and away the best player in baseball. You couldn't even have a conversation about who was second best. The what he did during his run as the best player in baseball is ludicrous when you look at the numbers. He was that much better than everybody else that was juicing up. I, I, It's just one of those things. You look back to Pete Rose's era. Pete Rose has said, and, and nobody's disputed it, back when Pete Rose was in his heyday in the 70s, everybody took amphetamines. Everybody. That was how it was. Then we pivoted into the 80s, and guess what? They were all doing cocaine. Doc good and just got busted with drugs again, by the way. Wow. Everybody's always looking for a competitive advantage. We see parents now at the peewee level and high school level having their kids have elective Tommy John surgery. Because there is the science shows that your arm is stronger and more durable when they replace that tendon in your elbow. At some point, we're going to figure out that these players are having elective LASIK surgery to improve their eyesight. Get, show me a sport. I'll show you people seeking a competitive advantage. That's just how it works. And if you weren't going to regulate steroids and you weren't going to enforce it, these guys had an option. They could either get outclassed by guys who other, otherwise would not be better or, you know, they could
5: chase them. Think about think about the numbers, the TV numbers during the Sosa-McGuire-Bonds
0: era. The TV – here. here's the thing is we forget – Yes, there was one magical season with with McGuire and Sosa chasing. But I think sometimes that the general view in public confuses that and thinks that baseball was somehow more popular because of all the home runs in that era. I think for a while that may have been the case, but at this point we've got home run malaise you know we're over. We're hitting more home runs in baseball right. now than during the steroid era, which should tell you everything you, know, you need to know about the juice baseball. Um, it, it's it's a mess. But you, that moment in time, you know, Sosa and Maguire chasing Roger Maris.
5: Re- remember Dude. when they would cut to Barry Bonds oh, yeah. at bats? Yes, they weren't even the game. They would cut to his at bat. And think about. It. They didn't pitch to him half the time. Oh, no. <laughs> they would walk him intentionally, and he still was knocking him out the park. Well,
1: and there's another thing about the Pete Rose thing. Is we're a bunch of old heads in here in the studio. Who are you teaching a lesson to about not gambling on baseball? Like, not to the younger people, because you could ask them. You They might know. I think I know the name Pete Rose. But he's so far out of, you know, who are you teaching the lesson to now? Well, at this point, it's just spiteful.
0: And the thing with it is, is Bud Selig, who was the – major league baseball commissioner up until a couple years ago it was a personal thing between the two of them they're back and forth back and forth and bud selig had dug his heels in when rob manford took the job a couple years ago he didn't have a dog in that fight he could have just let some time he didn't need to didn't need to be the first thing he did as commissioner to kind of rub it in selig's face we're far enough along now it, it's time if adam silver was running baseball
1: Pete Rose would be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah.
0: Pete Rose might be working out of the major league offices trying to, you know, drum up some interest in the game. But instead, you got these old heads who are like, oh, no, we've been through tough times before. Our game's going to be fine. No, it's not going to be fine.
1: Just and quit punishing this old man. Yeah.
0: Doesn't
1: well, make any sense. I I'm can tell it. you that the Sosa and McGuire, that's the most I've watched baseball in my entire life. And that was 20 years ago, at least. Let them, do, let them get juiced up. I mean, I know if you find a way to be able to have advantages without it hurting your, you know, concerning your health, then go for it, man. It makes for a more exciting game. I well,
0: think. frankly, as it applies to these baseball players, I'm not one that's going to say, Ollie oxen free. you know, go, use whatever you want to because I am concerned about these guys down the road. But if, if when it's all said and done, you decide you want to put some stuff in your body that's going to harm you, that's not my problem. Right. And it's not going to make me enjoy it any less. It's kind of like football. I have friends of mine that do not watch football. And their whole thing is, I won't watch people scramble their brains with the concussions. It's irrefutable right now that football causes concussions, which leads to CTE, which can cause all kinds of long-term health imp- uh, you know, impact. That doesn't mean we're not going to watch football. Right. And and I I am afraid that as we move forward through the next few years, a lot of guys from that steroid generation are going to start suffering the ill effects associated. But I don't know for sure. I mean, if we look back at eighties and nine or you know eighties and nineties, but eighties in particular, these pop music and rock music folks, they're dying of heart failure and things of that nature. I'm pretty sure I know why. Well, I mean, you, if you know, either- it's not it's not just because just because, right.
1: you know what I mean? Well, if you ask some of these older players, they say even with the CTE concerns that they would not change a thing.
0: Well, they wouldn't, and you're going to see it be split based on socioeconomic status. Yeah. You know, kids that are that come from a poor background that see this as an opportunity, they're going to jump in. The, the suburban, you know, well-to-do families are probably going to steer their kids in a different direction sports-wise. I just hope it's, uh, you know, to soccer. All right. That's all we got. We got to get out of here. This has been From the Cheap Seats right here in Sanford, North Carolina, WFJ 105.5 FM, around the world. Check out the podcast. Visit us on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. We love you guys.
1: Peace.
3: From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.